medicine of any kind. Well, you want to feel better, don't you? Yes, of course. Then but... take the medicine you're supposed to, when you're supposed to. <sighs> All right, darling, I will. In a little while. No, no, right now, sweetheart. While we're on the phone, so I'll know you've taken it. You don't trust me, do you? Not when it comes to taking medicine. <laughs> now go get it. I'll wait. Oh, I don't have to get it. It's right here on the table beside me. Oh, that's good. I've been looking at it for an hour, trying to get up enough courage to take it by ten, as you said I should. It won't taste as bad as you think. Oh. Now pour it into a glass. About an inch from the bottom, and you drink it down. For your sake, darling. Just a minute. All right. You pour out a good dose of it? Yes, darling. A whole inch. That's a good girl. Now drink it down. Here goes. Drink it. Oh. Did you drink it? Yes. It tastes awful. It's burning me. What is it? It's poison, sweetheart. Deadly poison. Tom. Yes, sweetheart. And death will come so fast you won't have time to call the police. So no one will ever know I just killed you. So long. Operator. Operator, get me. Smooth, 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 and you're sure it's pure. That, my friends, was the voice of a man, an enthusiastic friend of C.V., describing what he likes about champagne velvet, the beer with the million-dollar flavor. You, too, will find that C.V. is smooth from foam to finish. More than that, from your first sip of the rich, creamy foam that billows on top of your glass, Right down to that last delicious drop, you'll find C.V. bright and sparkling, light and lively, with a clear, clean taste that makes you sure it's pure and stamps it as a beer of real premium quality. Premium quality that costs you no premium in price. Yes, sir, it's smooth. Just as smooth and you're sure it's pure. There is no finer beer. But now on to Dick Calmer as Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friend. You next, mister? Yes, I'll take a pack of those razor blades and a ball on the counter here. Very good. They're just ten cents, huh? That's right. Best razor blade bargain in town. Well, I wouldn't know. Here you are. Thank you. 
Is this the only drugstore in town without a clock in it? Oh, no. There's the clock on the wall at the back of the store, right over the phone booth you just came out of. My observing kid, aren't you? Indeed I am. Two minutes after ten, huh? Correct. Is that clock right? Right on the dot. Oh, that's bad. I promised my wife I'd be home at 9.30. Really? Oh, well, there have been a lot of other nights when Beverly wouldn't speak to me. supervisor sent you to see me. Is that right, Miss Randolph? Yes, sir. You're operator 16? Yes, I am. I'm Inspector Faraday of Homicide. Oh, how do you do? This is Boston Blackie. Hello. How do you do, Miss Randolph? Uh, Mrs. Beverly Robertson was found dead a little while ago, as you know. The phone's still in her hand. I understand you reported an emergency at her number. Yes. Are you sure there was something wrong because she seemed in pain was trying to tell me to get her something? Get her what? Quiet, Blackie. Okay. Uh, get her what, Miss Randolph? Well, she never got that far. All she said was... Get me, get me, twice, just like that. Thanks, Miss Randolph. Well, Blackie, that proves it. Proves what? That Mrs. Robertson committed suicide. Oh, and then picked up the phone and tried to call for help. Well, why would she do that? Because after she took the poison, she changed her mind. You think so, do you, Faraday? Mm-hmm. Well, after I've worked on this case a little while, maybe I'll change yours. <laughs> Come in. I said come in. Uh, come in, can't you hear me? Hello. May I come in? I said you could. You're Tom Robertson, I imagine. Some imagination you've got. I ought to be Robertson. This is his house. Who are you? Boston Blackie. But I'll wait till you're through shaving to talk to you. Now, come on in and talk now. Fine. Prefer an electric razor to the soap and water kind, do you? That's the general idea. What do you want, Blackie? I'd just like to ask you a few questions about what happened here at 10 o'clock last night. You know what happened. If you read the papers or talked to the police, because the police have already talked to me. I know that. Oh? But I'd like to talk to you, too. So? I have nothing to go on, but a maybe. But it's maybe your wife was murdered. And maybe I murdered her, too, huh? I didn't say that. But if my hunch is right, somebody killed her, and I'd like to find out who. Go ahead. Well, first tell me something. Did your wife have any reason to commit suicide? I don't know. Was she insured? Yeah. But the policy's no good because she killed herself. I see. And before you get around to asking me where the poison came from, I don't know that either because I didn't buy any. I didn't say you did. Well, but you're thinking it. You don't know what I'm thinking. I know what you're doing, though. You're bothering me. Now get out of here before I throw you out. Robinson, the more you talk, the more you make me think what you don't want me to think. I said I'd throw you out. Maybe I'd just better do it. Now, look, Robinson. Oh, yeah. For that, you get this. Don't bother to get up off the floor, pal. I can find the door as easily as my fist found your chin. <laughs> Did you see the... Miss Martin to you, Miss Garber, during business hours, remember? I'm sorry, but this doesn't have anything to do with business. Did you see what's in this morning's papers? Look at it. I saw it on my way to the office. It has nothing to do with business, did you say? Well, well, yes, I 
Guess it does at that. It just kept us from going out of business, that's all. But what's amazing is I didn't think he'd do it, Carol. Miss Martin, Miss Garber, this is a business office, remember? All right, but as I started to say, I didn't think he'd do it. He had to do it. It was self-defense. <laughs> and a guy who'll do anything to save a dime will do more than anything to save his life. Wait a minute. Okay. Martin Merchandise Company, good morning. Miss Martin, please. Speaking. Oh, Miss Martin, this is Robertson. Yeah, hello. Hi. Where are you? I'm in a phone booth. It's all right to talk. Is it? I would have come to the office, only I thought I'd better not so soon after last night. Is there a job for me? Yeah, tonight, on Highway 10. Meet us at the junction of Highway 10 and 18A at midnight tonight. All right, I'll be there. Uh, Tom. Yes? My deepest sympathies is the loss of your wife. Oh, thanks. Goodbye. Goodbye. What's the joke, Miss Martin? Oh, I really shouldn't laugh, should I, Miss Garber? <laughs> Mrs. Robertson was a nice kid, I hear. <laughs> Too bad she had to stop living because she found out what her husband does for his. <laughs> Sixty-five out of a dollar. Next. I'm next. All I want is a little information. Oh, I know about what, too. You're another policeman, aren't you? <laughs> no, not exactly. I'm Boston Blackie. Hey, no kidding. That's right. Gee. Well, gosh, Blackie, I told the police already everything I know about that guy who was here last night. I nearly fell over when I read about him in the paper this morning. Well, maybe you'll fall apart when I'm through with this case. Really? I'm going to try to prove his wife was murdered, that maybe he killed her. Oh, not even you can do that, Blackie. He was here when she died, right here in this drugstore. I'm aware of that. And it's five or six miles from here to his home. I know, but he was sure here at ten last night because he asked the time when he came out of the phone booth. Asked the time, huh? Yes. Well, it's usually done by people trying to establish an alibi. Oh. But in this case, it could be a coincidence. What else did he do? Well, he bought a pack of these razor blades on the counter here. They're cheap, but they're the best razor blade bargain in town. Robertson bought a pack of razor blades? Well, sure. The fella has to shave. But not with a blade. No. Robertson uses an electric razor. What? Then why did he buy razor blades, bargain or no bargain? Maybe to make awfully sure that you'd guarantee he was here at exactly 10 o'clock last night. Oh. Which might mean he knew she was going to die and at exactly 10. But... Blackie, he was here at 10, so how could he have given her that medicine? She took it at 10 o'clock, too. And it was the medicine that killed her. I know that. And I know something else, too. What? Even if Robertson did kill his wife with that medicine, it's going to be tough making him take his. tonight, Carol? Yeah. Listen to it in those trees. There's a truckload of dry goods out tonight, too. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm listening for, Tom. Yeah, I know. Helen, are you ready? The truck should be along any minute now. Yeah, I'm already made up to look my best. Well, the best a lady in distress should look. <laughs> you really look as if you've been trying to fix the motor on your car, Helen. Thanks. Do I look the same? Yes, Carol. I'd say you both look as if you've worked over that car out there for an hour. If anybody ever saw Carol in her office in town, they'd never know it was the same girl. <laughs> I don't think I'd recognize you either, Helen. <laughs> Very convincing. You both even have grease smudges on your face. Hey, quiet, you two. I think I hear the truck coming down the highway now. Yeah, I hear too. Let's go, Helen. Okay. And remember, Tom, you slip back of the truck and you go around to the other side and you slug the driver from behind. Yeah, I know what to do. Carol, what if there's a ride? I know there isn't. I checked. Unless he's picked up a hitchhiker and he's not supposed to do that. Oh. He's getting close now. Let's go out and wait for help. 
Good luck, Carol. Helen. Yeah, Thanks. you too. And don't love anything. We're out on the road far enough, Helen. Start waving. Don't smile, stupid. Look unhappy. We're in the light now and he's going down. Hey, mister. Hey, mister. Please, mister. Hey, mister. Stop, hey, mister. Will you stop, mister? Stop. Hey, mister. Stop. Stop. Trouble here, girls. The car used for again. Oh, thank goodness. We've been here for almost an hour. There's something wrong with the engine or, or whatever makes the car go. Well, that's usually what makes it go. Now, wait, I'll pull up alongside the road ahead of you and have a look at it. Oh, don't bother to do that. We'll leave the car here if you'll give us a lift to the nearest garage. Well, I'll be more than glad to do that for you. Just, hey, what's going on You're here? Going... Oh, hold up, man. Oh, you torch. You dropped the flight deck. Put it up the flight deck. Tom, you fool. You bungled it. You killed him. You killed him, Carol. Carol, this is something I didn't count on. I didn't count on Tom bungling things either. He got a look at Tom. I had to kill him. It was a mistake, Carol, killing him like this. The only mistake was his. Being so fast, you couldn't knock him out. But it was his mistake. And his last. Listen for just a few seconds to a man who knows good beer and who likes champagne velvet. The beer with the million-dollar flavor. Bright and sparkling. Yes, sir. Light and lively. Yes, sir. Clear and clean. Yes, sir. There is no finer beer. And that's a fact. Go where you will, pay what you will. No better beer than C.V. can be had at any price. No better beer than C.V. can be made at any cost. C.V.'s famous formula provides for only the more costly premium quality materials. Then... CV's careful processing and controlled aging gives you a beer that you're sure is pure. CV's flavor will tell you all of that. You'll find it bright and sparkling from foam to finish, robust and full-flavored as a real honest-to-goodness beer should be. CV's flavor will tell you that you're enjoying a premium-quality beer at no premium in price. You're sure it's pure. And it's just as smooth. And now back to Boston Blackie. While he speaks to her from a drugstore phone booth, Tom Robertson talks his wife into taking some medicine, which is poison. But neither the police nor Boston Blackie can accuse Robertson of murder, for it is firmly established that he was in the drugstore at the exact time of his wife's death. Furthermore, no motive for murder can be found. So, for Blackie's objections, police list the death as suicide. As we return to our... Faraday, I tell you, I'm more convinced than ever that Mrs. Robertson was murdered and probably by her husband. Look, right now this officer of mine has trouble enough. I'm working on the case of that murdered truck driver. Oh, great, I'll solve it for you if you'll just listen to me for four minutes. What for? I told you, minutes. Oh. Faraday, I had a talk in Wallace's drugstore. Fine. Learn any neighborhood gossip? Yes. At exactly 10, the night of his wife's death, Robertson bought a package of razor blades from that clerk. He did. But all he uses is an electric razor. Are you serious? Yes. And I have a pretty serious hunch that Mrs. Robertson's death was murder. You do. Faraday, Robertson went out of his way to make certain that he'd be seen in Wallace's drugstore at the exact time of his wife's death. I know he asked the time, and that's the way to establish an alibi. But how did Robertson know when his wife would take that poison? 
There's one of two ways he might have known that. Mm-hmm. Maybe see. she took that certain medicine at regular hours, or, better still, the phone call he made from the drugstore could have been to his wife. Reminding her to take it, huh? Yeah. Maybe, maybe even having her take it before he hung up. Now I know you've been listening to me. Hold on a minute. Faraday, homicide. Inspector Faraday, this is Dr. Morrow's secretary. Oh, yeah. Uh, has he been able to trace the poison that killed Mrs. Robertson? Yes, that's what he asked me to call you about. It contained a very rare drug, Inspector. Very little of it in town and very hard to get. Well, who bought it recently and where? There's been no record of a sale of it for six months. But we did run across something extremely interesting. Yeah? A quantity of it was stolen along with an entire truckload of drugs that disappeared one night a month ago. Hijacked, you mean? Yes. Thanks a lot. Goodbye. Goodbye. Lucky, you think you have something. Yes, Faraday. Big ears and sharp ones, too. I heard what the girl said. Then you know what it means, don't you? There's a connection between Mrs. Robertson's death and the hijack mob that killed the driver last night. It sounds that way. Yep. And you agree her death sounds like murder, too, don't you? Yes, I do. But I'm going after those hijackers first. And believe me, it's going to be tough. First murder's first, Inspector. Do it my way. Go after Robertson for killing his wife. And catching those hijackers will be easy. <laughs> There's the phone, Carol. So what? Well, you want me to answer it? Definitely not. Oh, the office is closed for the day. Just throw the key on the switchboard, will you, Helen? Okay, but it might be a customer. The Martin Merchandise Company can wait till another business day for another customer. Oh, I'm tired. Well, I'm worried. About what? Killing that truck driver. What is there to worry about, Helen? Carol, what if they trace the stolen stuff to us? Have they been able to do that yet? No. Well, they never will. And why? Why? Because we repackage and relabel everything we steal. Simple, isn't it? Yes. But someday we'll slip off. Oh, no, we won't. I'm careful to get rid of anything out of the ordinary. The drug I used to put a good kick in the poison for Tom's wife was the only thing unusual that I didn't get rid of. But, Carol, that was stuff we got when we hijacked that drug truck a month ago. I know. But I had an idea a month ago that Tom's wife knew what the score was. And I made him admit it. Yeah. Say, uh, where is Tom, incidentally? Oh, he went home about an hour ago. He said he was tired after last night. I'm tired after today. I think I'll go home and get some sleep. Mm, I wish I was sure I could sleep tonight. What's there to keep you awake, honey? Worry? Yes. <laughs> I tell you, the police will never catch us. Never. Operator 16, please. This is Operator 16. Oh, Miss Randolph, or uh, should I say, hello, beautiful. This is Boston Blackie. And this is the telephone company. We don't allow private conversations. Oh, I think the big bad company will allow this one. Yeah? Why? Because all I want to know is what time you get off work and what you're doing right after that. Your number, please. Let me have your number at home. Now, really? <laughs> don't become alarmed, Miss Randolph. It isn't what you're thinking. I'll switch you to another operator. No, you'll do. Seriously, though. I already have your company's permission to talk to you. Oh, well. Uh, this is in connection with the death of Mrs. Robertson. Well, that's different. Are you going to be home tonight? Yes, I am. I get off at 11. Fine. Inspector Faraday will be there to see you and tell you what I want you to do. I might have known it would be someone like the inspector. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't worry. 
Just when you're getting so bored you think you can't stand him a minute more, I'll come along with a killer to liven things up. Waken you this time of night, Mr. Robertson. Who's this? You don't know me, sir. I'm a telephone operator, number 16. Yes? Mr. Robertson, are you awake enough to understand what I'm saying? Yes, go ahead. Well, I'm the operator who answered the emergency call from your wife as she was dying. Shall I go on? Yes, go on. Well, she said a lot more than I told the police. What was that? You heard me. My name is Jane Randolph. I live alone in apartment 1A at 1 West 66th Street. Now, what do you want? I want you to be in my apartment in half an hour with a lot of money in your hand. Bye now. Hello? 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 Uh-oh. Circle 6, 4, 5, 9, oh. Hello? Hello, Carol. This is Tom. The idea of waking me up at this time of night. Listen, Carol, I just got a phone call from a telephone operator. Yeah? She answered when my wife dialed operator to call the police, I guess, and she knows something. Oh, fine. Carol, what'll I do to shut her up? I'll think of something. Yeah, but what? Come down here right away. By the time you get here, I'll have it fixed so you won't have to worry about her. Okay, Carol. Got that typed out. Read the last sentence back to me, will you, Helen? Okay. I put the poison in her medicine and then phoned her from Wallace's drugstore at 10 o'clock and talked her into drinking it while I was on the phone. Okay? Perfect. Now, write this for me. Hmm? The next night... The next night... I killed... I... That truck driver. That truck driver. Near the junction. Near the junction. Of of Highway 10. Of Highway 10. And 18A. And 18A. (sighs) Next night I killed that truck driver near the junction of Highway 10 and 18A. Okay, anything else? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had no accomplices. I had no accomplices. Nor anything to do. Nor anything to do. To do with, uh... With, uh... Wait a minute now. Any of the other hijack jobs. Any of the other hijack jobs. Except the drug truck. Except the drug truck. And that's when I got the poison. And that's when I got the poison. To kill kill my wife. To to kill my wife. There. There, now what? Now we get the sign and our worries about a certain operator are over. Telephone operator? Well, let's just say that what a certain telephone operator knows certainly won't hurt Tom Robertson. Well, 
Miss Randolph. Yes. It's been 30 minutes since you made that phone call for Blackie. Where's Robertson? Maybe he's still on his way, Inspector Faraday. What you told him would have had him here in 10 minutes. I suppose so. He's not here. Even Blackie's failed to show up. That is odd. There's nothing odd about it at all. It's just another of Blackie's crazy ideas that hasn't worked. The only thing odd is that I waste my time with him, too. I'm awfully sorry. Is there anything else I can do? Yes. When Blackie shows up, tell him what I think of him. Well, but then the telephone company doesn't approve of that kind of language, does it? What's this note mean, Carol? It means that I can dictate a pretty good letter. And that I know how to type. Here's a pen. Oh, I'm not going to sign my name to this. It tells how I killed my wife. It says I shot the truck driver. You can read, can't you? But you can't. Well, let's see if you can write. Sign it. No, no, I won't. I didn't come over here for this. I came to get help from you to keep that telephone operator quiet. Oh, but you did come over here for this. Or would you prefer this? Huh? Oh. I either sign this note or you use that gun of yours on me. Is that it? You know I will, too. Helen, give me that pen. Sure, here. Sign the note. No, I, I won't do it. I won't. Tom, I'll kill you if you don't, just as quickly and surely as I killed that truck driver. <laughs> Uh, if, if I if I do sign it, then what? Well, then you can go into hiding. If you can stay away from the police, okay. And if you can't, well, uh, that's too bad. Uh, but it's better than getting shot tonight, isn't it, Tom? Keep uh, reminding him, Helen. I think you'll sign. Sure. You, you, you promise to let me go if I sign this? You, you promise? Oh, you promise too, don't you, Helen? Oh, yes. Uh, all right, I'll sign it. I swear. Well, now you're being smart. There. Now you are signed. Look at it, Helen, and see if it's right. He signed. Now, I can go, can I? Yeah, for a little ride with us. Huh? You heard it, Tom. No, no, you, you said if I signed the note, you'd let me go. You'd let me take my chances keeping away from the police. If I were you, Robert, oh, I'd prefer what? the police to these two. Blackie. Helen, let's get out of here. Stay where you are, all three of you. Helen. You, Carol, Helen. Now. You can turn around and face me. And then we'll all go down to headquarters and face the music. Robertson, yes? you'll be leaving Faraday's office for sale pretty soon, just as Helen and Carol did a few minutes ago. I sure don't know how you trailed me to Carol's, Blackie. Oh, it was easy. I was waiting outside your house when you left for her place. But why? Because I wasn't sure you'd fall for that phone call you got from the telephone operator. You knew about that? I arranged it. Arranged it? Your wife didn't get to tell her anything before she died. The operator made that phony call at my request. I was pretty sure you killed your wife. But you couldn't have been. You had no way of knowing it or even guessing. Oh, yes, I did. You knew your wife was going to die at a certain time, so you did everything you could to establish you were in that drugstore at that time. Even bought razor blades. Oh, but I... Uh... But, Robertson, you use an electric razor. Oh. Well, you're pretty smart, Blackie. Well, I'm pretty dumb. <laughs> I'd say you were pretty dumb. Because your use of an electric razor is going to send you to the electric chair. <laughs> If you want a beer with flavor, a flavor that's delightfully different, try the million-dollar flavor of Champagne Velvet Beer. It's just as smooth. Now there's a suggestion for the person who has yet to try Champagne Velvet. You'll find C.V. to be the smoothest, most mellow beer you ever tasted. More than that, you'll like its brightness, its sparkle, and the clear, clean taste that makes you sure it's pure. In addition, you'll enjoy the rich, robust, and full-bodied flavor that proves C.V.'s premium quality. Premium quality that is yours to enjoy 
at no premium in price. That's why our enthusiastic friend says... Try it. Just try CV and you'll agree there is no finer beer. You're sure it's pure. And it's just as smooth. Just as smooth. And now, here's a glimpse of what happens in next week's Boston Blackie Adventure. Well, tell me what kind of a person she is, and perhaps I can suggest something. Well, she's a simple type. Like simple people like me, and uh, simple prices. Like what? (laughs) Well, actually, she'd be angry if I spent more than ten cents. Ten cents? (laughs) I know exactly what you mean. You do? In this drawer here, I have just the thing for you, sir. What is that, an electric light? A diamond necklace, sir, worth, as you could probably guess, not one penny less than $10,000. I can guess. But to you, sir, the price is 10 cents. (laughs) 